This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. find yourselves once again standing in the space that you remember going to sleep in, you start to notice that there is quite a lot of grass and vine overgrowth amongst quite a few number of skeletons in this space. So like just stuff growing through skeletons? It looks like the skeletons have been there so long that they're starting to be claimed by the forest. Oh no. So and this was a clearing that we were previously in that did not have skeletons, or should we roll or that that you remember there were not skeletons when you went to sleep there. Um, is there a giant bugbear skeleton by chance? Or an owlbear? Owlbear. Yeah. There is there is a neither of those bears skeletons. No bad news bears? There are no bad news bears. There are no sugar bears. bears. You mean they finally got enough of that golden crisp? You can't get enough of that sugar crisp. You can't get enough of that golden crisp. Hey, Granny. Are there any Bernstein bears? I really want you to see that I've got a bunch of skeletons here. Seem to be claimed by the overgrowth. I have nothing to do with that, Granny. I want Bing Crosby. You can't pin nothing on me. I want Bing Crosby to be the new DM for Quid Pro Roll. (laughs) You want that to just be the voice I've got? Hey, hey, everybody. You all bop into this forest and you see some fey creatures hanging around. (laughs) <laughs> and then a leader shows up and she sounds like this. I think this sounds like um really good Patreon material. We all become Bing Crosby for an episode. Bing Crosby. No, we all need to be like cr- old style crooners. No, we, we can all be Bing Crosby and the name of the segment will be Being Crosby. 
One of us can be Denise Crosby from Star Trek The Next Generation. I just, I don't like this being John Malkovich, D, like D&D game we're proposing here. <laughs> so Solonar is still tied up in the back of the cart. Um, yes. Is, is he still feeling some kind of way about the whole like being removed from the party? I mean, you feel cranky, but you also feel like a fog has been lifted by your brain, leaving behind only a hangover. This sucks. <clears throat> Quit your whining. We did what we had to do. Are you getting a fa hangover? A fangover. <laughs> Jinx, buy me I, a Coke. I hate that that was so in sync. <laughs> well, here's the deal, Solana. Johannes goes up and he starts to try to untie his ropes, but he tied them so perfectly. He just finally like gives up and takes out a knife and he's like, <laughs> you really want to lose your rope? I tied it perfect. Okay, I can try to untie it. No, I'm I'm just cutting this rope. Wait, hold on. I want to check something. As as you pull out the knife, that is a nat twenty dex check to get out of the bonds. I mean, I nat twenty. You essentially roll. just oh yeah, but your what would what would tying the rope be skill wise? Sleight of hand, probably. I got. And I'm doing like a dex save. I don't know. There's there's no escape artist anymore. I'd have it be a sleight of hand. Would you have it be sleight of hand to escape? I'd have it be sleight of hand to wiggle your fingers through the ropes and untie the knot. So I tied Solon it with a crit 20. My sleight of hand is only a plus two. Yours is probably a plus 12. Solonar's it's a plus six. Uh, and I rolled a 20, so it's a 26 in, in place of your 22. I can't believe we're just, we're just debating crit. <laughs> Solonar, uh, crit like, happens, man. It true. As, as you, as Johannes like pulls out his knife and it's like, uh, I hate to, hate to cut up the rope. Uh, Solonar just like wiggles his fingers out from his bonds and just all of the knots almost instantaneously seem undone. And He's so, so offended by the concept of ruining perfectly good rope. Solonar's like, did I not tell you that there are several jails around multiple nations that cannot hold me? No, you I'm told me multiple times, but at the end of the day, um, I'm glad that you saved my knot number one. And you must not be too hungover because that was pretty impressive. Well, my head hurts. Honestly, I think I do some of my best knots work when my head hurts. Get a big enough headache, you could be on the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> okay. Don knots. All right. So, Solonar, you are now free. Koza, how are you responding? Boat? Um, Solonar, this is why you did the skeletons, right? You see the skeletons now? Y yeah, where'd all the skeletons come from? Um, I assume they come from people like you, who stayed at the party. Oh, there are worse ways to go. Do we need to do anything? Do we need to cut these skeletons out so we can give them a proper burial? That would be a whole lot of proper burial, buddy. I think we'd be at it probably for the next three days. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I was just trying to be, you know, respectful to the dead. Oh, speaking of the dead, let me ask the pendant where we should go. So as you pull the pendant to look at it, it uh, appears to have the arrow within it again, and it leads you down the path that previously had the singing. Good news, everyone. Arrow <laughs> is back. Bad news. 
it is pointing down this path. It means we were going the wrong way when we went down that one path. Well, you win some, you lose some, you get to see basically what heaven looks like and then lose that too. Quit your whining. And begin your dining. And by dining, I mean marching. Let's go. So it's going to take it's going to take a couple of days as you travel southwest through the forest. Um, the trail gets actually a little bit wider as you go in through the woods, uh, eventually coming on to a spot that looks relatively well traveled, as in this is this is a path that gets somewhat regular use. Um, again, it takes another couple of days along this path until you reach an opening. So while we're, since we were on the uh, path for for a few days, like four days, mm-hmm. did we ever stop by the fire and talk about existential things? If you would like to do that while I pull up the notes, absolutely. Tales by the Fire, a biography by Johannes Folge. Listen, all I'm saying is to spend the rest of my natural life living out in one essentially very large party surrounded by several ethereally attractive women. It's, uh, I can think of significantly worse ways to go. That's all I'm saying. I understand. I have always dreamed of what, of course, heaven might look like. There's plenty of writings, but many of them disagree with each other and or... Uh, maybe contradict each other or I've heard another alternate possibility that all of them are really true and and everyone's personal heavens are different I feel like mine would be surrounded by lots of cute animals mostly chickens they're the cutest animals even though they are primal savage killing machines but beasts yeah well and you'd probably be reunited with all your pet pigs right Oh my gosh, it'd be so many pigs. Oh, I miss I miss them so much. They're so your, cute. What were your three favorite pigs? I mean, I only if I if if I remember right about myself, <laughs> I only have t- had two pigs growing up. And they both had names. What were their names? Truffles is probably one of them. Truffles T Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, well, I mean, I probably, I probably should name my, uh, should have my pig's names more available. Here's the deal. If I get these You should write down things you say is what you should do. (laughs) No, never. That's for my autobiography. I'll write that later. It's going to be called Tales by the Fire by Johannes Folge. I'm going to write it. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a book that at the very least my mother will buy. Um, but yeah, so my pigs, which canonically are named from this moment forward, Truffles and Fries, were the names of my two pigs. Truffles and Fries? Yeah. There's nothing fries wrong with actually that. came first. They were very cute. I loved them so much. I also, I thought about getting a new pig, but you weren't allowed to have animals at Paladin School unless they were war horses, and, you know, it just wasn't for me. One, because they're about ten, ten times too tall for me. Two, because, you know, I just, I don't know. I hadn't gotten over um, my, my true friends, which were my little pot-bellied pigs. Could you uh, have um, some sort of war boar? 
Yeah, I was going to oh. say, maybe you should have split the difference like Lady Rain and gotten yourself a war pig. Man, I would have totally gotten a war pig. I don't know even where to look for that. I was talking to a vendor uh, named uh, Sabbath, and uh, I asked, where can I find a war pig? And, um, you know, it just... It just I th- I've heard they're very a- rare. You have to go where witches are having black masses. Exactly. That's exactly what he said. And then he took a bite out of a bat and disappeared. <laughs> he was a strange fellow. But yeah, I don't know where to get one. I would love a war pig. We should ask Lady Rain about that next time we see her, because I I assume there's more like Pochi somewhere. Say, Johannes, you're going to write this whole, like, autobiography thing, right? That's the plan. What are you going to say about your party when you write that autobiography? <sighs> you know, I was thinking balloons, definitely uh, cheesecake, um... No, I, I mean your adventuring party. Oh, uh, you... Us. The, us as a group. This, you guys are my family. Uh, I plan on, you know, really going into... I, I feel like... So if we... If we... I've thought really hard about this. If we save the world, I think people would be interested in reading about it. So, you know, I'm just going to try to capture the element, the core elements of what makes you, you. And that reminds me, what would be if you had to say your number one attribute that, you know, is ingrained into you that drives you forward? What would it be? What is it about halflings being the ones who try to write everything down about their adventures? (laughs) Koza? Yes? What would would you, if you had like that attribute that I, if I'm writing Koza, member of the family and the party who saved the world what's the the, the, the driving factor behind you oh um what pushes well, you forward well um um i haven't been with the party for all that long but i i feel like i've i've been asked by these these creatures that i'm so fond of to to be part of this prophecy, so I think that's that's too long. Give me three words or less. What's driving you <laughs> forward? Uh, um, uh, three words or less. Um, um, oh, um, um I've got O the, and uh. There's still one word left. Mushroom. <laughs> Perfect. How about you, boat? You mean three words for what's driving me forward? Yeah, because because I've never had thought about it, but now that Solanaz asked me, how am I going to describe the party? I I probably should get some words from you all. I mean, I have my own. I would say if you had to sum up my experience with the party so far in three words, or why I'm doing it, what's driving me, I would probably have to say. Personal self-discovery. PDD. PDD. PSD. PSD. Perfect. What about you, Solana? Um, I mean, when we started this adventure, I probably would have said fame and fortune. But I don't know, like, ever since all of what happened in Palabar, I think I think that kind of changed the picture for me. So I think it's more about greater established equality. 
G-E-E. -E. Okay. Yeah. You could, <clears throat> you could say I'm a bit of a G-Wiz. There's definitely, I, I, you know, definitely have, all of us, I think, changed a lot from our experiences since Palaba and beyond. I mean, besides the fact that Gravy Boat took, took on himself to have more personal responsibility, just like he's seeking by taking on the, the place of office as the god captain of Palaba mm -hmm. at, at probably its most critical time in its history. I don't know what they'd do without me. Yeah, and and you know, of course, you have have with your. I, I mean, I've noticed that you really do. Uh, you've always rooted for the you know the the little guy, and I don't just mean me, uh, as much as I hate to admit it, am reluctant to do so. But I mean also the people who are who are down on their luck. I see you fighting for them all the time. The so and the, on, you... the individual has yet to recognize their power, and it's incumbent yeah. upon all of us to stand up for them and have them take the reins of power back. From an overly aggressive government. Yeah, this, this does make me curious, Johannes. Uh, what is your what is your three word mission? Hmm. I know you've got a lot more words for it, probably since it's your book and all. But you know, fair's fair, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to. I want to make my family proud, and I want to make Alita happy. Um. I think I think the uh, driving me forward is probably um, if if Boat's looking to find himself and Koza's mushrooming and you're looking to support support equality. I'm probably trying to find I'm trying to find the path forward. Seems like I've spent a lot of time in my life stagnating and this has been a big big deal for me to be able to move forward and uh and especially with your help and alita's help I've, i'm find find the path ftp so the night fades away as your conversation and the fire goes with it eventually you wake and continue your journey it is not long until you reach your destination, the Azrai Lock. The Azrai Lock during the day is a space of peace and beauty. You arrived, however, during the evening, and during the night, the enormous lake is a thing of breathtaking wonder. The moonlight seems amplified where it reflects off the surface of the water, echoed in light by the small wisps dancing in the air. The sound of a series of gentle waterfalls that feed into the lake is almost drowned out by the haunting voices of the Azrai. They seem to glow in the moonlight, submerged to the waist and singing as they go about their business. Other than that, there is this, there is this kind of soft warm breeze sort of signaling the end of summer, wafting through the flowers and grasses that surround the lake. For, for just a brief moment, you were like, it's normally known for being very calm and peaceful during the day. However, you arrived at night, so it's an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Fanged <laughs> tentacle creatures hungering for blood. I was Do you want me to redo it? I think you used, you used no. however, I think, which was made me immediately be like, but 
since you came at night, there are screams lighting the air. Everything is on fire. And you have no concept of how such a night and day occurrence quite literally happens in the city. No, this is. Do, do I need to re record that? Is that no, what needs to happen? No, it was funny. This is beautiful. I'm just, I was very nervous for just a old, moment. Old Judgy Josh over there. Horrifying, monstrous tentacled tears, creatures tears come in the later. Fabric in the of game. reality a litter the, the landscape before you as creatures of that you can really only call great and old. <laughs> Uh, devoured <laughs> innocence, pulling them out of their homes, kicking and screaming and tearing them away from their family, literally limb from limb. Whoa! Look at these things in the lake! What- what are these? Koza. <laughs> um, it's a- that's a- that is a, uh, nature or arcana roll is what wait, that is. Wait, isn't he from here? I mean, the lake does feed into the river toward Aberdeen, so I will give him advantage on this roll. You said nature? Either one, whichever you're more proficient in. That's going to be a 23. Okay. So you remember, so you are able to communicate to the party that Azrai are nocturnal fae that are known to dissolve if they are ever touched with sunlight. They live deep, deep, deep at the bottom of the lake during the day, but at night they come to the front to sing and sort of absorb moonlight. They're beautiful, but like all fae, they have a danger to them. Though Azrai are traditionally very gentle. Wow, those things are gorgeous, but also kind of creepy. So they're not like Rusalka or anything. They are not so dissimilar from Rusalka that you do not believe that they are related in any way, mm -hmm. but they are not close enough to Rusalka that you don't trust them. Do they look humanoid? They are humanoid. What what distinguishes them besides the fact that they are singing in fey voices and waist deep in a lake? So the way that Azrai are interpreted in Virian is uh, they are constantly drenched. Uh, their skin will dry out very easily if they are not. They have somewhat elfin ears and their skin tends to be more towards like purples and blues. Uh, they will frequently have tattoos on their faces, though it is unknown if they are actually tattoos or if they're some kind of natural pigmentation of the skin. Uh, they don't wear clothes, but they do decorate their hair with, like, lake flowers and reeds and the, and the like. Uh, they also have little pokey fangs that kind of come down out of, out of their canines. Very fey of them. Decidedly so, fey of them. Oh, and webbed hands. Their hands are webbed. So are, are, are these fey ladies uh, in waist-deep water, are they, like, topless then? They're have... entirely nude, yes. <laughs> All right. I am so horrified to ask what you rolled for. I was rolling dice to see uh, <laughs> whether or not, because this is not a decision I had made and I decided not to just make it. Uh, I was rolling to see whether or not Solinar would be like super embarrassed right now. And what did what did your maturity role tell you? My maturity role told me that Solinar is mildly flustered, but not like, not like beat red and incapable of speaking. If Solinar were an anime protagonist, would he have his hand behind his head scratching it while he laughs? No, he'd uh, have a little bit of blood going on. <laughs> no, definitely not blood. He might have his hand behind his head. Definitely single sweat drop. Uh, 
you know, that sort of that sort of situation. Okay. I like it when Alex has a white screen up on her computer, so she looks like the um, what I would expect the mirror pendant people to look like. The jewelry zombies. There are no people <laughs> in the mirror pendant. I cannot stress this enough to you guys. The jewel zombies. Well, that's cool. I guess moving on. This place is uh, is pretty gorgeous. Look at all this water. Do you all think this would be a, a safe place to set up camp for the night? I, well, I, I mean, the, the town's right there. We should go and grab an inn. Just the whole the thing. The town is not right there. Well, you remember that place I was pointing to that I thought the town was? Turns out it's just a lot of big trees that look like buildings. You're going to need to get a boat down you the got river one. that feeds out of the lake. And that's how you get to Aberdeen. We're all just going to clamber up on Gravy Boat's back and he's going to get us downriver to the town. Just grab a hold. Is there, does anybody see a ferry dock on this river? I mean, I don't know if there are any ferries around here. We already left the glade. I was going to say there's probably lots of ferries around here, given the uh, clearly magical naked women in the lake. They're just fey, man. Well, don't be facist. What is is that? Is that even a thing? Is that a word? Or are you making things up again, boat? What are you talking about? I I speak the true true. Hey, God. soon. Do I see any docks? Uh, you fe- you see the pendant slightly glow. Is it glowing and in, in pulling in a direction, or is there narrow, or is it just? It's glowing to get your attention. Oh wait! I'm getting a call. I'm getting a call from beyond this world. Uh, you see an image of a dock toward the southern part of the lake. Yeah, I pop, I pop the, uh, I pop the pendant open. I'm like, hello. It doesn't. That's not how it works. <laughs> that's a, you can see, you hear me re- now? <laughs> you see reflected in it an image of a dock to the southern part of the lake. Give me a second. I'm in the woods. There's bad reception. I'm in the no. I'm in the woods. No, I don't even know words. Woods. Oh, at the okay. I'll go to the dock. Okay, thank you, ghost people. We're going. We're going to the south end of this lake. There's a dock there. Do you guys want to set up camp, or do you want to head to the dock? Let's set up camp at the dock. All right, because the lake is pretty huge. It's going to take you a minute. We've got a minute. Well, all right. So first question. Uh, Koza identified Azrai a lot, right? Like, as, as a fey folk? Yes. Uh, I don't remember hearing whether or not Koza knew them as friendly or not. Um, I mean, I, Koza had only, like, read about them. So I think only that, what was the threat, the threatening thing about them again? You don't know. Um, like all fey, there is okay. a certain amount of danger in interacting with them. Yeah, so, well, um... I've only read about um, read about them, but um, Fey are there's always some danger with interactions with Fey, but I, I I don't know how dangerous they would be. Right, I think we should the Fanger. I think we should avoid interacting with them if we can. Okay, I just I know sometimes Fey can be helpful like alita's friends in the glade of the nymphs they're, they're, they're a little rude but for the most part they're pretty helpful so like i thought maybe that would be more common than maybe it is i don't know 
I think part of why that is true, though, is because Alita is with us. I think had any of us found our way to the Glade of the Nymphs on our own, we we probably wouldn't be so welcome. Oh, you might be right. Well, we should, if we're, if we're going to camp, we should probably camp out of sight of the lake then. Because I don't know if, like, maybe, maybe their whole thing is they drag people to drown or something. I don't know. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. Well, you just said vague danger, and I see women who live in water, and I think drowning. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is, based on at least very recent recency bias, uh, you should probably have a little bit more distrust for the Fae. So I'm going to agree with Koza on this one. Well, I just like, you know, like Alita's really nice, and the people in the Glade of the Nymphs are kind of rude, but overall very welcoming. And so, like, you know, I, f- I figured there was that kind of situation. Yeah, but without Alita, I mean, I only took one class. It was Fae and Fate 303. It was a pretty advanced class. I almost failed it. I happened to you almost fortunately fay- do some extra work. It. <laughs> I happened to get some extra work. <laughs> And I like to th- think that it had nothing to do with my family standing, but I kind of doubt that now that I think more about it. But that's besides the point. I don't know too much about it. Koza probably knows the most. He figured everything out pretty quick back there. But without Alita, we really don't know too much about the face. So we got to be very careful because we, we, we've got a mission that we've got to finish here. No. Yeah, I get I get that. I just I don't know. I uh it's one of few situations where I find myself being overly optimistic. But if they're dangerous, then let's not camp in sight of the lake. Let's camp a little ways away from the lake. If they want to come talk to us, they can come talk to us. Yes, we'll overly optimistically make our way around to the south end of this lake and make camp. All right. uh, we, have, we have a map, so we know roughly... Do we have any idea roughly where we are on the lake? Yes. Okay. How far away is the southern part? This is essentially, like, a great lake. Yeah, so, like... You are to, like, the not exactly fully northern part, but you're to the northern side of east. Okay, so... We're, let's say, three quarters of the lake still needs to be traversed around. And it's already dusk. Mm -hmm. And we're probably talking, what, 10 plus miles? Give or take? Uh, uh, We could hike well into the night. But given that we just talked about how dangerous Faye might be, I think uh, having our wits and all of that about us and maybe some daylight to see by probably be a little bit more smart. That sounds fair. I'm, I'm okay with um, uh, the party's decision of, of we camp for the night and then make it to the boat dock in the morning. I think that's the safest way to go. We don't want to be caught unawares. So you're going to rest here? I think, I think we're going to pick our way as we can with the cart at least a little bit off the lake so that we're not, like, immediately beside it and trying to camp. Mm-hmm. But then, yes. Okay. Yeah. As you all make your fire and cook your food and begin to 
sleep for the night. I, I imagine you all are setting watch just because that's what you do every night. Um, those of you that do go to sleep are lulled into some of the greatest sleep of your life by the song of the Azrai. Uh, who took first watch? I'll volunteer. All right, everybody but Gravy Boat gets five temporary hit points that exist until they are spent due to the influence of the Azrai. Whoa. Man. I'm I mean, in fairness, you're also the one who needs it the least, so it worked yeah. out. You get to actually, like, listen to and enjoy the song. We all sleep through it. What does it sound like? Uh, it sounds like this. Gabe, if you want to edit the Faye song that we've been working on as the Azurai song, I think that's fine. Um, but I went out of my way to make it sound mysterious. Keep rolling, rolling, uh, basic, rolling, rolling. Basically, what? the Azrai just sing ice cream paint job, and that's what <laughs> sort of lulls you to sleep. Uh, I didn't know that was going to be the one that killed Gabe, but I'm appreciative that it was. Um, so the morning comes and all of you feel incredibly refreshed. The Azrai are gone from the lake now, it seems, but the sun glitters off the water like diamonds. Everything is peaceful and calm, and you hear chirping birdsong just all around. Guys, can I just take a moment and appreciate how much nicer it is traveling towards the bronze shrine than it was traveling towards the brass shrine? Uh, yeah, not being in the desert really helps, I think. This is great. Like, the views are really nice. The temperature's very, like, comfortable. I'm not sweating through all of my clothing. I don't feel like I'm gonna die. Just enjoy it while you can. I have And no I just got to do a very nice little washing of my hair in this lake. The water, however, will be frigid. It was very cold. It woke me up instantly, but my hair is very, feels very clean. I mean, there are waterfalls. You could take a full on shower. I should go get a scrub. It's been a while since I've had the pleasure. Yeah, oh, don't I've... go chasing those waterfalls, though. There's, the water's good here, too. I'll stick to the rivers and the streams that I'm used to. Don't worry about it. Have you the guys. Minus rivers and lakes. Have <laughs> you guys ever stood underneath a running waterfall? It is bracing. Yeah, it'll be extra bracing today. Let me tell you, this water is so cold. How cold is it? My nipples shrunk three sizes this day. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold water. No, I just... Uh, and some even say, Johannes's nipples shrunk three sizes that day. Teacher says every time a spring runs, nipples get three sizes smaller. Alright, uh, Koza. Uh, I think I, I think is gonna lose his outer clothes and uh, yeah. go take a waterfall bath real quick. So you're wait, you're like so your outer clothes are like your jerkin and stuff, right? 
So you're just in a shirt and pants getting soaked in frigid waterfall water? Yeah. You got a problem with that? Look, yes, I do. That would be so unpleasant. It's going to be fall soon here. Stop shaming never nudes. We have one in the party. <laughs> I'm not shaming them. I'm pointing out the very serious realities of drowning and wet medieval clothing. Alex. A lot of it was woolen. Alex. Wool clothes. I'm just saying. I, I just have to kiss you that the advantage of wool is that it retains a... Um, it's insulating properties even with when wet. Yeah. Yeah, it retains its insulating properties, but one of the problems with heavy woolen clothing, and this you saw this very frequently both in medieval times and in the Victorian times, is that heavy, heavy clothing like that, when it gets wet, can pull you down and drown you. That's yeah, why there were so many drowning the deaths in the medieval era. Huh? He's not going into the deep end. He's just going to take He's in a waterfall. Okay. This. Have you not seen anime where they sit on the rock? meditating under a waterfall you want to know what modern under underclothed kimonos weren't made out of yeah but they're sitting on a rock they're not sitting in a lake i'm just saying drownings were very common in this era and it was because of things like this or so what does he need to roll it was because most people (laughs) like johannes do not know how to swim it it also sounds like we should just and i will not let you shame me for it (laughs) <laughs> nor will i let you shame solana for being a never nude the comments on either the re-listen chatter when people listen to this are gonna be like so yeah i looked it up and these were the cloths that people wore that got them drowned a bunch so Solonar probably wears this so i think the comments be will be something along the lines of wow didn't know that johannes's left nipple was slightly larger than his right but now i know thanks episode 77 <laughs> knowing it's after battle <laughs> This is going to spark some horrifying fan fiction that I will 1000% read. So are you are you making me roll something so that Solonar doesn't drown or no, because that would be the dumbest death ever. (laughs) You survived Uja. You survived the blue dragon. You survived Grun. But nope, nope. The water is what got you. It's like the, the it's water like got us all. And dying to the board, Twenty-seven stupid. men went into the water. Only thirty-eight came out. All right. So you all bathe, huzzah! Uh, pack up your gear and begin heading towards the southern dock of the lake. After a while, you reach it. Uh, you can hear the sounds of a roaring river being fed out from this lake. Because I cannot emphasize enough to you guys how enormous this lake is. Oh, it is, a oh, is there a lake. gorgeous waterfall? Uh, not to where you are now. Is now there it's a rainbow running out. from the roaring river? Sure. Is it called the roaring rainbow? It is not, but you can call it whatever it is you want. A roaring rainbow. <laughs> a roaring more rainbow. So you see a couple of small of smaller river river boats uh, set up over by the docks. Uh, there seems to be a small outpost here where you can trade for goods. Let's check it out. Post. There are spots in this outpost that are trading for lumber. There are some that are trading for berries and other things that you can find in the woods, as well as leather goods and arrows. Hmm. There is a uh, sort of 
hefty, bald man who is just completely hairless from his head to his toes that you can see. Gross. He's very <laughs> babyish looking. Like his face looks like he looks like a fully grown man, but the roundness of his cheeks and the roundness of the top of his head and sort of the shape of his nose gives him sort of an infant-like appearance. Okay. Travelers, may I help you? Hey, Varys. We're just uh, looking for what uh, what boats what boats you guys have trying to make it to the to the lock. You are at the lock, my friend. Oh my gosh, we made it, Koza. We're here. Uh, yes, we are. Uh, sir, we're looking for for a boat. You look familiar. Have we met? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> Never. You know how you how you talk to people when you've never met them before? Absolutely. Never not. in a million years. How not dare you? Have we never met, but I've never seen you before. So, uh, he turned and turns. Oh, my eyes must deceive me. You look so familiar. We have several boats that travel the river down to Auburn. You're about to have one more. There are several that I'm several of our merchants that I'm certain would be happy to bring you with them. They often will cart things like lumber down to the town. What about boats that um uh, uh, sail beyond Aberdeen that don't stop there? That would send you into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um okay, yeah. So um Oh, well, what's the next boat? We'll, we'll just get on whichever one leaves next. Of course. Um, let me see. Uh, he pulls out a big dusty ledger and opens it up. Uh, you can sort of smell must coming off of it. Uh, yes, I believe... Uh, hmm. It looks like Mr. Jules is the next one who is going down south. Um, sounds like a, um, that's quite a powerful name. Jules? Oh, my physics fans out there get it. (laughs) I was thinking, yeah. I was just thinking, like, Mr. Jules sounds like the name of a rapper I've never heard of. (laughs) J-U-L-E-S. Very multifaceted. I was just thinking maybe his last name is Vern and uh, his his last name is Jules. And once he gets us to Aberdeen, he's going to invite us on his balloon trip where we're going to travel around Varian in 60 days. I'd like to meet his family. I think Jules Vern was the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Same and guy. That is also him. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, he went under the sea and over the sea. Basically, Jules Verne novels are, I want to go somewhere, and here's where we go. The best Jules Jules Verne novel is about a bunch of late 19th century Americans who felt like they had invented all the weaponry they ever could, so they built a gun big enough to shoot them to the moon. God, I love this concept. so amazing. Jules Jules Verne is a wild kind of dude. So what are we doing? I mean... I'm I'm good with jumping on a lumber ship or whatever and getting on getting on down this here river. Daylight's a wasting, you know. Well, uh, he's going to be the third dock to your left. 
okay. I did. Um, is there anything, is there anything we should know about the trip or anything that we should prepare for that you know about or? Normally going south down the river is pretty smooth sailing. Wait, why do you say normally? Well, there's always the odd river serpent or low water that makes you hit rocks, but I don't think we'll have a problem. Oh, good. I love not problems. My ideal kinds of problems are none. Are these rocks, like, super dangerous or something? Because you having them in the same sentence as river serpents kind of makes the rocks sound really dangerous. Well, rocks to the bottom of your boat are always dangerous. Yeah, especially kid rocks. Tell me about right. it. Sinking. Got it. I hear that drowning is one of the the most common ways people die here right now during these... Uh, wait, let me check my notes. Medieval eras. <laughs> Spoiler, Johannes is really a time traveler. <laughs> Johannes is secretly from a, like, cyberpunk campaign. It's not that he doesn't, like, he's not smart. He just is trying to figure out what's going on in this world so different from his own. He's quantum leaping. He's trying to set right that which once went wrong. And he I hopes have no that gender. each time that the next leap. And I have really 17 fun. different favorite desserts. Dr. Johannes Folger never returned home. All right. So you guys going over to the boat? I'm right here. Well, he's right here. Uh, yeah, boat. What should we do? So you you head up to the boat only to see a hunched over sun roasted gentleman. He looks at you with one bulging eye. The other appeared to be sort of wizened shut. You aren't entirely certain there is an eye in that part of his face. Uh, he looks over. Hello. Hello. Trying to get passage to Aberdeen, are you? Yes. Fantastic. Come aboard. We're about to set sail. Is your name Jules? It is, but you may call me Montgomery. That's also a powerful name. How did you come by two powerful names? Well, I was born into a family whose last name was Jules. And my parents saw fit to name me Arthur. I hated that name, so I changed it to Montgomery. He was born in the family Jules. I actually plan on writing a book. So since you're a natural author, even though you've kind of disavowed it, if you could help me out with some of my notes on our trip, I'd really appreciate it. I would be elated to if I had the capacity to read. <laughs> he's, so, That's okay. he's so happy about his illiteracy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, when you've been through as much as Montgomery Jules has, like you really embrace things about yourself. Good you old. Know? I really did sort of waste one of my greatest NPC names on this very minor character. Oh, good old Monty Jules. Oh, you say minor character now, but wait till we're done with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's the new, you guys just keep adopting people into the party and now you're gonna take this dude. He's our he's your coal now. You don't happen to have a boyfriend at a bakery or something like far away in an impronounceable place, do you? 
I do not. I have never been married. Good. You have no one to go home to then. You're coming with us. And you and you don't have a curse that's been passed down on your paternal side many generations, something about oh, great oh, evil. That's important. I not that I am aware of. Great. We're coming with you and then you're going to join our party. Let's why go does, adventure together. Why does he sound like he should be menacing um like Scrooge <laughs> in the middle of the night? <laughs> <laughs> The chains I wear were forged in life. You come upon a beautiful, gorgeous place during the day. Uh, However, since <laughs> it's night, the voice of Montgomery Scrooge's Christmas future. Montgomery Scrooge's Christmas future. There were like three trains of thought that collided. It carries over the lake and buries itself deep within your ear canals. <laughs> Like a boat finding passage in a dry river. What? <laughs> Please come aboard. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay, Brandon? Okay, like okie doke. <laughs> I will ask no questions. So are we like, are we working for passage or do you charge a fee or like, how does, how does this go? If you would just simply help an old man like me unload the lumber when we get to Aberdeen, I'd be most appreciative. Uh, that's, that's literally not a problem at all. It'll be a quick trip. The river is quite fast. Now... Out of curiosity, have you, I'm, I'm assuming that you've had good luck with people riding along with the promise that they'll help you unload the lumber and you haven't had a bunch of people like run off as soon as they hit land, right? Well, it has definitely happened. And he kind of shows you, you see that he's kind of hunched over and he gestures with the cane that he's been holding. It's difficult for me to catch up if they do. But I like to think that the gods rain their own justice upon those kinds of people. Though also, I don't know what's going on in their life. They might have had things to do. What does this guy look like again? Well, he's got sort of that like leathery looking skin of someone who's always in the sun without ever really protecting themselves from it. Mm -hmm. He's got one bulging eye. The other eye, you can't really see. It looks like his brow has fallen over it in such a way. Just like picture that, like, like your Mad-Eye Moody or something. Uh, in Mad okay, take Mad-Eye Moody. Give him horrible bent over scoliosis, okay. make him thinner and wizened, and put him in the sun for 5,000 years. Okay. All right. Long as we're wow, clear that's on that. more character development than any Harry Potter character right there. <laughs> now, you, you say you think the gods rain down their own justice, but is that a tiny cannon I see at the front of your ship? Or is that something Oh, that's else? for the river servants. <laughs> oh. Okay. You have to offer them one cannon for free passage. <laughs> They're building an armada. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's how that goes. It's a very small cannon. Just one good shot of, of debris crammed in there will do the trick. Pops a bunch of holes in them. I'm sorry, you load the cannon with debris? Well, it's easier to come by and cheaper than cannonballs. 
Sounds like a plan to me. You guys, I'm I'm already bored. I've been loading stuff up on this boat. Solonar's like looking around frantically to see if like somebody in the area sells tiny cannonballs. Sorry, man, you guys got the blunderbuss cannon. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. He he seems quite confident, and he would clearly have to sail this this way quite often. I'm excited. It's been a while since we were last on a boat, and our last journey did not go great. So I'm excited to reset that parameter. <laughs> Solinar is going to like usher Koza aside just a little, just a little bit and be like, all right, so listen, he's charging nothing for fare to go down river to Aberdeen, which is undoubtedly a location of interest in this area because there's not a whole lot else in this area. And he's charging nothing but unloading lumber. And then there's nothing on the ship to really fight these creatures except debris which i'm fairly certain that's not how cannons work and then on top of all of that on top of all of that there's five of us including i want to point out that you were not suspicious at all with the very specific suspicious fairy party but the second that this dude is like i load my cannon with nails you're like oh this is a problem all i'm saying is I'm fairly certain that one of us is a sacrifice to the river serpents whenever they crop up. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of there's there's several boats here, and there's not very many people trying to sail down the river. And only one of them is a two-time champion. So I doubt that your fears are justified. Well, I'll be ready to fight just in case. You all load up, and it doesn't take very long before the boat is, is pushed off into the river. However, after about maybe a mile or two of relatively calm, relaxed passage, the river picks up. And you begin to rocket down the river in this boat at just a mad frenzied clip. You are going to be hitting corners and turning curves in this river, almost tipping entirely sideways as you go down and, and just sort of hit the sides. It's, it's less akin to a boat going down a river and more akin to a skateboard hitting a ramp. Okay. And, and during all of this is Montgomery just like hooting and hollering and like having the time of his life or no he seems like this is just another day at the office for him wow meanwhile johannes is leaning over the railing just like oh gosh this is oh i don't like this not only is it like being on a boat it's like being on a tilt-a-whirl i think solonar is just like bodily wrapped around one of the logs just like holding, clutching to it for dear life. Boat? Um, how would boat react? Man, the mainsail. I, like, I was going to have boat be kind of like scared, but then again, he did fight a sea serpent and kill it in the open ocean. So he's probably just uh, sort of like hanging on to something and bearing down, keeping one hand on his hat to keep it from flying away as his cloak of office of the guard captaincy of Palavar flaps in the in the wind whips behind him. Koza? Um, Koza has 
found like a, the mast. Is there like a mast kind of in the middle of the boat or somewhere yeah. on the boat? And is just like white knuckling it, <laughs> like wraps his arms like around it. And he's like, <laughs> that's the sound cousin makes as he flies by uh, our static camera that's situated <laughs> on the bank of the river. You got a little Doppler effect in there, too. It was great. So this continues for miles, just miles of of terminal velocity sailing down this river. Not only is the wind with you, but the water carries you as well. You are sailing quite the clip. This goes on for at least until dusk when it looks like the water evens out a little bit and you slow down enough to feel safe. Okay. This is where Montgomery seems to be on edge. What's uh, what's got you teetering there, Mr. Jules? This is where there would be river serpents. It's a good thing that there aren't any. Oh my god! 